Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show that is dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was graciously sung, arranged, and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with urban agriculture. I visit with Brenna Wright, who is the owner and operator of Abbey Fields Urban Farm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio Series features the Ruotan Club of Unicoi County and how they help the community every year with the sales of their strawberry jam. Also, I've got a big list of goings-on in our community by nonprofit organizations that are farming, food, or agriculturally related. It is truly an honor and a privilege to have your good company. I thank you for tuning in. Now let's get started. Abbey Fields Urban Farm sits at the base of the Old Standard Knitting Mill Building in Knoxville, Tennessee. Interstate 40 passes right by it, and when you're there, you can hear the constant sound of traffic on the interstate. And even though the farm is located in the middle of this urban setting, it is a real-life farm, an oasis of tended ground with baby carrots and fresh greens of all sorts, and a variety of wholesome vegetables that they are growing. Brenna Wright is the owner of the farm, and she relies heavily on farm manager Carrie Garvey and their farmhand Beth Eisenbright, and they call it Knottsville's Neighborhood Farm. And the mission of the farm is this, to grow healthy, clean, fresh vegetables by way of thoughtful stewardship using blighted or vacant spaces in the city so they can restore, beautify, and reclaim them for agricultural use. Brenna is in her fifth year now, and she and her crew have taken this vacant parcel of land that was just a sort of wasteland, and they've developed it into a successful CSA operation, a wholesale vegetable sales operation for restaurants, and an on-site farm stand, which is open to the public. I wanted to share this interview with Brenna and hear her story about how and why she got started with this business and to know her perspective as to how agriculture can help our community beyond nutrition. In the first part of this interview, I asked Brenna how she started Abbey Fields Farm. Let's join her now. So how did you start this? We moved here eight years ago and I was in social work and um, was working with kids. 
Um, grew up in Kansas, you know, big farms. Um, got to be outside a lot and helping with harvest. And so I just loved being outside. I loved work. Um, got into social work because I wanted to, you know, change the world and make a difference. And did that for a couple years. And just really, uh, when we moved here, I was working for an agency. And just, I had started working at a farm for our food share. Didn't know anything about farming. And so I was doing both jointly. And I was like, what if we could take, you know, these kids? It just didn't seem like we had a lot to do in this city with, with the kids that I was working with. It was just, it was idleness mixed with discontentment and um, dysfunction. And it was just made this for, you know, the, the folks trying to work with kids and the kids themselves. It's like, it seemed like the only outlet for healing was talking and that's not you know that's not for everybody and so um, started reading about these farms that were using um, you know just having kind of the disadvantaged or at risk and all those sorts of folks that marginalized I guess that would come out and and work and just finding this kind of like fulfillment and purpose in that work not so much what they could propagate through conversation but it, it just opened all these these doors for some people it's not for everybody um, and I just really I was like you know I'd love to do that I was ready to kind of hone in on like a niche tired of I mean clinical works for some but not for everybody and it wasn't for me and so I was like well if we can just get people outside and so you know I went back to school for soil science um, when I was still working at the farm out on Rutledge I went for a year and then kind of got an opportunity to do this. I had been eyeing this property for a couple years. And so I had talked to the first owner who was out of state and he was like, ah, oh, sounds cool, but I'm not there, so no. And then the second owner I just ran into, he had just bought the property and we he had visited our church. And at that point, I really, because I, I was in school, I had like these like blueprints of what I wanted this property to look like and what it could be. And um, <laughs> so, um, anyways, got to talking to this fella, new fellow who came to our church, and he's like, yeah, I'm in development, we just bought the standard knitting mill, and I, you know, just kind of like exploded on the inside, and I was like, not to be weird, but I have all these plans for that green space, if you would listen, if you would be up for listening, and so put together this really rogue business plan of what I thought it could be. Had no idea how to farm on this scale. Like I said, the farm I was working on is amazing. It's 30 acres, so it's just a different type of agriculture. Which one was that? Care of the Earth. Okay. They're, yeah. yeah, they're amazing. So they were so patient with me and taught me. I mean, all the practical things that I brought. That my year, my year in school was enough just to make make me realize like the more I know, the less I know. And it was just this amazing like kind of solidified this awe that I had with how things grow and death to life and how you know things can kind of be rejuvenated and resurrected and you know but you know we love like the makeover sorts of stories and so you walk by a lot that's full of trash and rubble and and you're like oh what could that be you know and so somebody any farmer or anybody who's prone to you know this sort of agrarian way of looking at things sees a big open piece of property and that's what they picture there and so that was kind of my experience with that and so anyways the landowner um, met with him and he was like sure why not <laughs> we're not using it for anything let us invest in what you're doing and so Wonderful. Um, yeah and so from the very beginning I got paid which was I think I mean that's another soapbox but for, for something like this to work you have to figure out a way to make it so people get paid to do it you know this and that's a hard thing in the nonprofit sector that I was working on you ask all these things of people it's really really hard work and people are underpaid and um, it's hard to keep the inspiration going on just ideals. And so I was very fortunate that I had that setup of being able to, you know, take home a paycheck when we weren't making money, you know. Mm -hmm. And so 
So that's kind of how it started. And it was very, very um, gorilla-esque. Like it was just, again, I had no idea about the market style gardening or anything like that yet. I hadn't read any of those books. Um, I just had this, you know, dream of making this into something. And so literally I, I was planting lettuce with like a mattock. Like I was like, you know, scraping my knuckles and digging out rubble and, um, you know, just hoping things would grow. And, and so it's, it's come a long way. So when you say market style agriculture, what do you mean? So market gardening, um, is it's a it's a move I don't I don't want to say movement people have been doing it you know for centuries but it's this it's this idea of small intensive farming to where you you know that I forget the exact number of like conventional farming per acre on farms that are over 100 acres is something like $120 per acre so it's something very small this type of gardening you can gross you know six figures if you're selective about what you grow the markets that you grow for and how you care for your property so everything's done mostly by hand you know we use like things like tarps and you just you grow things very intensively things are spaced very close together so you know you take your spacing that you see on the back of your seed pack packet and you cut it in half and and then you just keep it weeded until it you know grows a canopy that then chokes out weeds and and so there's guys like curtis stone up in canada and jm ornaments not pronounce his name right because he's he's french and i can't say it right but it's very pretty it's like frontier is how i would say it and Fortier or something like that. Um, so I started reading their books about small-scale agriculture and a small piece of property that they would call human-scale farming to where you can manage it, you can have an off-season, you cannot be broken at the end of the day, you know, whether that's physically or, you know, your spirit or morally or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like something that can be done in a sort of way that can be profitable and sustainable that's much better for the land that you're stewarding the conventional agriculture and and really make a, a an impact on your community and so um i started once i started reading his books i finally i you know i had a little bit of a direction with how we're actually going to farm this piece of property had a really great i was in our we were in our second year and i was still doing this by myself and i was pregnant with our second kid and about eight months pregnant a friend of of mine who had come to the farm a couple times and helped with volunteer days uh daniel came and was like what are you gonna do when you have a baby and um i was like ah, i don't you know volunteers and we have work shares and those sorts of things and he was like you know would you be looking to hire and i was like yeah sure and so we brought him on and he really helped like take me from the place of like kind of big ambitions of you know I want this to like be a place of healing and a place where people can come and have fun and um, a place where you grow good food to the actual like let's make it a farm and then invite people into that space like let's do this thing really well so that we have a good product so he really um, you know kind of helped build the sort of idea of like having a farm for business versus I, that was always my goal but I didn't have that sort of like I was always all over the place with like I would go to a conference and go to a class about school gardens and I'm like hey let's go to all these schools and start stuff there and so he was really great to kind of like you know made me realize the gift of employees and what a good investment that is to invest in people mm -hmm. and so ever since then we've had employees so besides myself which has been really great so is that Daniel Eisenbrock yes he's wonderful if you just joined us you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast and an interview with Brenna Wright, owner of Abbey Fields Urban Farm, which sits at the base of the old standard knitting mill, just right off Interstate I-40 
in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. After the break, we'll return to our interview with Brenna Wright and hear her describe the products they grow at Abbey Fields Farm and the meaning behind the farm's name. Here are several activities and events sponsored by area nonprofit groups that are farming, food, or agriculturally related. If you're in your car and you can't scribble this stuff down, I always have these links on my website, tennesseefarmtable.com, under the link that says listen to the show. The Nourish Knoxville Market Square Farmer's Market is now open and takes place weekly on Wednesdays from 11 to 2 and Saturdays from 9 until 2. These markets run until November. There are four markets operated by East Tennessee Farmers Association of Retail Marketing, and they are open and as follows. Tuesday is the Ebenezer Road Farmers Market from 3 until 6, located where Westland Drive joins Ebenezer in West Knoxville. Wednesday is the Oak Ridge Farmers Market from 3 until 6 at Jackson Square. Friday is the Lake Shore Park Farmers Market from 3 until 6 p.m. Saturday is the Oak Ridge Farmers Market from 8 a.m. until 12 noon at Jackson Square. The Miracle Farmers Market is now open and takes place every Saturday from 9 a.m. until 12 noon at Founders Square in downtown Miraville. The Dixie Lee Farmers Market in Far West Knotts County now open every Saturday from 9 until 12 noon at 12740 Kingston Pike. The CAC Beardsley Community Farm has put out a call for scholarship sponsorships to send a child to the upcoming Beardsley Farm Camp, which takes place June 4th through 8th. The goal of the farm is to host a camp that is inclusive to all children of all socioeconomic levels. And Beardsley Farm is celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. They are hosting their annual Solstice Supper event to mark the special occasion on the farm's accomplishments. The dinner features four courses and includes local craft beer and a hand selection of wine. This is a ticketed event and it takes place June 21st at 6 p.m. The East Tennessee Chapter of National Young Farmers Coalition is a networking and advocacy group for new and beginning farmers. This group hosts four to six events per year, such as potlucks, farm tours, and film screenings and a great way to meet other local growers. Second Harvest Food Bank is in need of volunteers to help pick produce at Century Harvest Farms in Greenback, Tennessee. Century Harvest Farm Foundation and Second Harvest Food Bank have partnered together and this produce will then be donated and distributed to Second Harvest Food Bank partner organizations that serve 18 counties in our East Tennessee area. To volunteer or for more information, by email greg at secondharvesttn.org. The Sevierville Commons Farmer's Market is now open on Fridays from 9 a.m. until 1.30. The Morgan County Farmer's Market will be open on Saturdays this year. Their opening day will be June 2nd from 9 a.m. till 12 p.m. or sellout. The location of this market is Wartburg, Tennessee, and I think it's the old courthouse. And there is a brand new East Side Sunday Farmer's Market in East Knoxville every Sunday beginning June 3rd until August 23rd from 2 p.m. until 5 p.m. at the Tabernacle Baptist Church at 2137 Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue. 
The Harriman Farmers Market will open Saturday, June 2nd at 8 a.m. at the David Webb Riverfront Park in Harriman, Tennessee. And there is a new East Tennessee Children's Hospital Farmer's Market held the last Friday of the month. The next one will be the last Friday of June. The time for the market is 10 a.m. The Art from the Hills Art Show is now open to the public at the Phoenix Building next to the pharmacy in downtown Knoxville on Gay Street. This art show features prints and photographs. Several of them are local farmers or food producers and regional East Tennessee scenes. This show will be up until the end of May during Dogwood Arts Festival. And again, links and phone numbers to all this that I just read can always be found in one big list at TennesseeFarmTable.com under that link that says listen to the show. Let's return now to my interview with Brenna Wright, owner of Abbey Fields Urban Farm in Knoxville. We'll hear more about what they do on the farm and where she got the name. So could you describe what you do here? Yeah, so we have anywhere from 50 to 80 member CSA, and so that's what you see, mostly everything out here besides what's in the high tunnel, and a few of these other beds will be for restaurants. Um, Mm -hmm. We grow, we have about 35 different crops that we grow for CSA. CSA is Community Supported Agriculture. It's a great thing to invest in, Um, Mm -hmm. but that's essentially how we started, is we were for-profit, CSA-based. Since then, we've branched into wholesale a little bit with restaurants and so we grow a lot of salad greens, rula, herbs, microgreens. We rent space from the Sertoma Center a few blocks away so that's where we propagate all of our transplants and that sort of thing. So so that's just, yeah we're essentially when people walk up and ask you know what the heck we're doing here it's you know we're just a small farm you know we're we're not a, a community garden here we're you know we pay people to work here we sell the stuff that grows here yeah and that's what that's what we are. The name Abbey Fields Fields Farm is is kind of a monastic way of looking at neighborhoods and and sourcing locally. So if you look at at sort of like an abbey setup or a monastery setup, you have somebody who bakes bread. You have somebody who, um, you know, repairs shoes. You know, everybody has their job and their community. And so my vision for Abbey Fields was what if we could, in this, in this community, what if we could be where they, where we grow food? So it's kind of just this hyper local sense of, um, you know, sourcing as locally as you can and being the food source for this community. So Abbey Fields Farm. So, you know, in the, in the future, we would hope to, you know, if we, if we form other sites that we would be a food source for that community. Um, and people would see it as that so that, you know, our role um, as good neighbors is to do this this thing really well um, and be counted on for the job that we're hired to do if that makes sense so it does um, so yeah that's that's how the name came about Brenna Wright Abbey Fields Farm thanks so much for letting us know about your farm yeah Mercy. glad to glad to spread the word um, CSA is a great thing to support farms you know farms I feel like sometimes we're apologetic for, you know, what we sell because we, we all farmers want to do good. And so whether it's being a part of a CSA, going to your local farmer's market, you know, just get involved with with your area farmers. We have some really great chicken farmers and pig farmers and vegetable farmers. We just have a really great selection here um, in mm-hmm. Knoxville. And um, I've been thankful to be a part of the community. And yeah, and, uh, yeah so happy to spread the word about local agriculture. Well, so glad you come here from Kansas. Yeah, I love it. We'll be here forever. 
If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and you've been listening to an interview with Brenna Wright, owner of Abbey Fields Urban Farm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Details and contact information for all my guests and mentioned events, always online at tennesseefarmtable.com under that link that says listen to the show. And now let's join our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City and hear more about that Ruotan Club of Unicoi County and their Strawberry Jam. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. You eat it on toast. You can eat it over ice cream. Eat, just eat it out of the jar. It's good that way. And pancakes. Izzy Jones is talking about strawberry preserves. Every spring, members of the Unicoi United Methodist Church and the Unicoi Ruritan Club in East Tennessee spend hours making strawberry preserves, and Hazel Tittle says the proceeds from sales are felt all over Unicoi County. Well, we're serving the Lord, and he tells us to reach out to other people. We have wherever we're needed. Uh, If someone is in need to have something done to their house that's very necessary, why, we we go ahead and do, and that is our Sunday school class that does that. Ruritan Club member Jerry Ramsey says strawberry preserves bring in about $15,000 a year to the community. The money goes for community projects, uh, like we just donated $1,000 to the Unicoi Elementary School for update their playground equipment. We've spent $10,000 on this walking track now. We're going to update it, you know, with uh, bleachers and, and uh, volleyball court. We donate $1,000 to the Unicoi Fire Department. We donate to the Irwin Library. We donate to a lot of the Little Leagues. Christmas time, we do about six $800 in, in food baskets. But we got regular uh, standing customers that put their order in this year for next year all the way from Florida to uh, probably New York City. The strawberries for the preserves are donated by Scott's Strawberries from Unicoi County. And everyone that tries them, they always come back. For Potluck Radio, I'm Fred Sossman. This is Brenna Wright of Abbey Fields at abbey-fields.com, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. 
Through an agreement with WDBX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.